ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Manic Movie Misfits podcast. It has been sort of a, a hot minute because there was no sauna Sunday because we were just taking a break. Mm-hmm. Had, we were really busy. Couldn't do it. That's okay. We we I hope you all had a sauna Sunday just on your own. Had a beverage. Sat down. Chilled. Yeah. Nothing wrong with some vibing. Nothing wrong with some vibing. Watched maybe Elvis. Pelvis. There you go. Or Black Phone or Top Gun Maverick. Because I think Top Gun Maverick, this was this last weekend was when it crossed a billion, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So if you helped, well, if you went to see it again to help it surpass a billion dollars, go, go you. And if you saw Black Phone, awesome. TJ and I just saw it. Yeah. Just walked out of it probably 30 minutes ago. <laughs> probably 30 minutes ago. Or if you saw Elvis, which, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about today as our movie of the week episode, then that's awesome too because it was uh, there was some there were plenty of banger moments in it and we will talk about that. Yeah. But TJ, before we do that, since it has been a while, how is life? Pretty good. You watching a lot of movies? Watch as many movies as possible? Yeah, I I, I think since let's see. I've been yeah, I think I've watched the movie like almost every night now. Dang, that's um yeah, it's, I've been most impressive. I've been going off apparently. Um, yeah, just kind of living, chilling, living, vibing, chilling. I am extremely. I'm gonna say this now because I don't know if we're gonna fit it on. Well, the terminal list will already have come out. I I just want to throw it out there. Quick PSA, uh, hype train for the terminal list. If you want to join, if you want to jump on my train, you're more than welcome to. It's it's mega hype. I'm almost done with the book. Chris Pratt, Anton Fuqua. It's going to be lit. So anyway, super stoked for that. Just want to shout that out. Before we get into, we're caught in a trap. (laughs) We can't walk out. Nice Elvis. Thank you. Yes, Elvis, Elvis, Elvis. That is the movie we're talking about in today's episode. TJ, is there any particular thing you would like to get into, or do you want me to take it away and jump into our first? I, I sort of notes here. So if there's any, unless there's anything you want to jump out and just uh, is this say spoilers or non-spoilers? Oh, TJ, you 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 rescued this episode. Just one. Th- Did you hear that sound? No. The soundboard. Gosh. Okay. I heard that. Okay. Gosh darn it. Anyway. Yes, so that is the soundboard sound for <laughs> It's Getting Scary Out Here, a.k.a. spoilers are going to be dropping out of nowhere. Ethan Hawke's going to come around the corner. E- the grabber, Ethan Hawke, yes, is going to come out of nowhere and and take you out if you are listening to this spoiler episode without, it, seeing, w- the while, without seeing the movie, yes. So just be aware of that. Nice. <laughs> TJ just threw a empty body armor on the couch and it bounced off in a very depressing way. It did. I, <laughs> I just needed to get out of the way so I could move my arm. Not quite as cool as TJ's drink exchange from... <laughs> I can't remember what episode it was, but... I don't even remember. That was glorious. Anyway, I think I'll just start, TJ. If yeah, oh, yeah. If you vibe me with that. I want to get to the best part of the film, <laughs> which is clearly the opening 15 or the the uh quick 
editing and opening oh yeah of, of the film totally no but but it's all serious in all seriousness austin butler as elvis oh yeah i think we need to get the elephant out of the room he's which is his performance as elvis elvis is that you because i literally had that moment <laughs> multiple times the dude oh, yeah looks incredibly similar to him and then when you add the makeup or looks similar to him, and then when you add the makeup, he looks incredibly similar to Elvis. I, I, oh, yeah. I was having a hard time differentiating the two. Yeah, the, I mean, oh god, yeah, the way he talks and acts and just like moves the voice, bro. That too, oh, yeah. that's scary good. <clears throat> yeah, it's just so on point, and it's just like it. It never ceases to feel like Elvis, and that's I mean, that's a cool feat in and of itself. Yeah, I think for me. Because, I'll be honest, the beginning of the movie did him dirty. I'm just, oh, well, I'm just going to yeah. say it. Yeah, it does. Because, and I want to make sure I'm getting my timestamps and timing correctly, but basically, halfway through the movie, there's never any, we don't have a monologue yet with him. No. We, there's, it's usually two or three sentences and then on to something else being narrated by the colonel. Tom Hanks. So we never actually get really a true sit down moment with Elvis. Yeah. I mean, you get, you sort of get, yes, you had that moment, one moment with the family where the mom's crying, but you're still not getting any real establishing conversations with him and getting a basis yeah. for where his headspace is all the time. And so because of that, you're just getting snapshot, 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 snapshot we don't really get to see him as Elvis. We see him just talking stuff, but we don't necessarily necessarily see a lot of the, his ability to um, act. act because it's just moving so quickly. Yeah. Fortunately. Yeah. When the movie progresses or when the movie gets about halfway, I would say it's about the third, fourth in the film. He just, and he just lights it up. And yeah. I'm specifically talking about the drunk scene where mm. he's th that. Well, I shouldn't say that's where it started. It really started. What was I going to say? Which one? Which, um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was very, but um, I can't remember what it is, but it's dang it. I'm, I'm, oh, that's right. Where he has this comeback of 68 or whatever it is. Oh, the, the one on 60. TV? Yes. Uh, yeah, the one with the leather pants and all that. Yes. From that moment on. Yeah. It is. That's Yeah, that section is where I think it truly becomes the movie it wants to be. Correct. And well, and gives Butler time to move or room to move. Yes. As, as Elvis. And we get to see him not just impersonate Elvis. But, but be, truly become. But truly yeah. become an actor. And act in the biopic, not just, again, the impersonation dealio. Uh, just that moment. And then the pinnacle of his performance being, I don't want to jump into everything right away necessarily, but is that is that drunk scene where he literally took it to 11. Yeah. Uh, I think there's this, like, a weird progression with the movie where it's like the first 15 minutes are absolute insanity. Things are happening to happen they set up things in the weirdest way and then like it slowly transitions into things start to make more sense but they're still like it's it's still crazy like i'd say like that second third 
things start you start seeing like more progression in why they do think they do the things they do like um like you, you see why like scene transitions into scene <clears throat> uh it's still fast but it it makes sense and then once you hit that last like halfway ish mark with uh like the comeback and all that then it truly becomes the movie it wants to be it slows down it takes its time it says all right here's the elvis movie that you're you're gonna want to watch yeah here is here is literally the guy that is the title of the movie yeah Um, here's here's who you actually want to see yeah like you start to see it like i said that guy kind of like like second fourth i guess like you start to see it like here and there like I said, where it's like he's he has like some top, like moments where he talks to like BB King and stuff like that, where it's like that's you, fair. You get to start seeing his headspace, but it truly doesn't become its own until later. Um, yeah, I think it's it's just one of those things that it takes a while to really establish itself, and it through the first little bit it really stumbles too, and then kind of it starts to like figure itself out, but it still moves weirdly fast, and it's just like. Things are happen to happen. Some things we're not going to explain because why would we? Yeah. And then it, it's just. Yeah. To me, the beginning, it felt awkward and artificial. Oh, because yeah. it because awkward because of how fa- the movie, it just moved way, way too fast. I understand yeah. that's a that's a Boz Lerman thing. I'm saying that right. Boz. Yeah. Boz. Boz Lerman thing where he likes to cut really fast and do a lot of stuff. But I wish he understood that that doesn't yeah. work at least at the beginning of the film because you're trying to establish things. That's the whole point of the beginning of the film. You're trying to establish where a character's headspace is yeah. or where where this character is progressing. And you can't do that when you're moving every five seconds to do something. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, the weird thing about him is, uh, I mean, I've, at least for what I've seen, I mentioned this to you earlier, but I feel like the first 15 minutes of his movies are always the same. They're always narration and crazy edits and all this like thing. And it's just like all this information. You're just like, slow the hell down, man. You don't have to make the first 15 minutes. So insane. You, you have the ability to take a breath. What's a, like, what's three more minutes going to add where you slow the scene down, make it make more sense. (laughs) Uh, I mean, back in the day, I mean, he used to add in goofy sound effects and speed up everything. And like, it was, it was weird. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I rewatched Great Gatsby before I saw Elvis. Cause I was like, I need, I want to watch a Baz Luhrmann movie. Just kind of get in that headspace. And boy, howdy, does he do that in Great Gatsby? <laughs> yeah. The first 15 minutes are, it's, it's Toby Maguire talking about the twenties and it's all over the place. And then like, once you hit that like 20 minute mark, it kind of does the same thing as Elvis where it's like you start to see where it's going, but it still has that fast energy where it's just like, okay, I get it. Slow down. And then, and then he truly like, like somewhere in that middle area, finally figures it out. And I don't know if it's the way he writes his movies. Cause I think mm. he writes all of them as well. Well, I'm sure if not, I know at least I'm going to go on a limb here and say that, he definitely oversees editing, obviously, for all of his movies. Yeah, because I, of as you what you because of what you just mentioned. Yeah, I don't know if he hires the same editor, 
and him and like they, they just go on a crack binge <laughs> and it's only when editing the first 15 minutes of their movie <laughs> yeah um but i it, it it's so weird because it's always the same and it's just one of those things where you sit there and you're like why is this guy famous again and then you, you get to the later half of the movie and you're like this is why this guy's famous this is why people love him and revere him and i mean why he's a very famous director um but like it's just it moves too fast your, your head your head starts to spin it my head started to spin i was i was trying to like latch on to something yeah I was trying to latch on to elvis i couldn't because there was really nothing character wise with him that i could latch on to yet the the character that was most developed at that point or we knew the most of was the colonel and even yeah. him i wasn't quite latching on to for reasons that uh i will get to we can get to later but i didn't think he was the greatest but i just there was nothing i could latch on to and when you combine that with the fact that it's the beginning of the film, yeah, I just, it is by far the worst thing for me that I, the worst part for me in the movie. I get it. It's his yeah. style, but well, well, I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not saying that like, I'm not disagreeing. No, no, no. no I'm, I'm not just, saying that. Yeah. I'm just saying to people. Yeah. Yeah. Just to well, people. I'm, I'm just saying that's a, that's a common problem he has. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, you watch practically any of his movies and it's, you're going to, you'll probably have the same complaint every mm-hmm. time. Um, it's just the thing that he never seems to get. It, it, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's the weirdest thing. I mean, he's been around for what, almost 30 years now, probably over 30 years. Cause I think his mo- first movie is like early nineties. Um, I don't know about strictly ballroom, but you can see it already in Romeo and Juliet, which is, I think is the second one, which is like mid nineties. It's insanity. And he never, he, I don't, I don't know why he can't seem to like figure out that people need to like take a moment and chillax and like sit there and like take in what the hell is happening in your movie. <laughs> what pissed me off the most was that we were getting like those little moments with Elvis where you see the, the girls like, like gushing over him and like, uh, like in love with him, which yeah. I thought that was done well. Like th- I think that 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 uh was showcased really well because that was obviously a very clear thing. Like the girls and of course guys, they just, everyone loved him. Yeah, and the girls were swooning over him, so that was showcased well. Yeah, but it 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 really it was that whole development of Elvis growing up and then the development of his fame and his fame increasing was like non-existent because they were going through things so fast. And I was like, I just, it felt like we never got a journey with the character until his, his, uh, waning years in Las Vegas and stuff like that. Yeah. I I just would have liked, because for me, when I look at the movie, from a from a, a wide lens from from far away i think literally my mind reacts to just the second half of the film because there was no substantial yeah I, moments at the beginning yeah i uh like i said I, I think for me it's like the first bit it moves so fast and it's just like he's a star now and you're just like what exactly um like within like three scenes they're like yet yeah, uh he has graceland and that that too they just totally skipped one of the most iconic things about him yes 
yeah, they, they're like, he has Graceland. Um, he's already rich as hell. Um, do you need anything else? And it's just like, yeah, the the whole part to getting to where he's rich. We Okay, we yeah, we get it. He was on stage, and suddenly all these girls and people started swooning over him. But what happened what, after that? What happened in the year between that? Place? Yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of important. Um, yes, and I get that he went on tour. But, like, show a little, please. Yeah. Um, make that section interesting. And I, I think... They, like I said, there's kind of like that second, fourth where like they do try and like they start slowing down, but they and like it it starts it does start becoming like more of a story story where it's like him with like the government and all that, but it still moves hella fast. Uh, but like that's where you, I think you start to see like progression in the story where it's like oh here's story elements and like it makes it it feels more cohesive and it doesn't just feel like. It feels like there's scenes actually connecting to each other and not just being like, oh, here's point A to point D. How you got there? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And what made it even more confusing what he, is he was going forwards in time and then backwards in time. He was doing both simultaneously, oh, like God. multiple times. He goes back to his childhood and then goes back to present, goes back to his childhood, goes back to his present. It's like, holy mother. Just, yeah, that... Oh boy! I <laughs> yeah, that whole like that like there's there, no de- that makes no development. It, it it doesn't help in anything in that ma- in that way. Well, it's like yeah, that was like what a three four minute section like there where it's like it was just cutting in between like three things, just like it probably had anything to do with each other. Like every fifteen seconds, you're just like, what? Wh- okay. And I'm pretty sure not only that they even cut between go back and forth between the present at that time because i i think so because remember he looks up at the pink suit that he was wearing on the stage of his first i think that's after right but i'm saying that's oh is that just that's just the same suit or similar suit then that, that's like two scenes later uh because um well i'm saying i know i know that but i'm saying i thought that we might the suit just looked familiar never mind I anyway remember. yeah I, I i don't know why i thought that but Nonetheless, yeah, I just, that was just... It was insanity. It was insanity, having all that in there. And the last thing I'll, it just, and I, and I at this point, it's about halfway through, I was starting to get really worried because... Yeah. For multiple reasons. One, not giving Butler time and other things of that nature, but fortunately it slowed down. Um, my other biggest peeve with that beginning is the... The Colonel and Elvis, it seemed the, the Colonel started becoming the main character because of the way that beginning was set up. Yeah. And the first half was set up where to me, first of all, it's little, the name of the movie is literally called Elvis. Yeah. First of all, second of all, yeah, it felt like he was the main character. If anything, they should be on a mutual ground. Yeah. And, and, and having a mutual relationship, but it was more like, oh, hey, the Colonel's like, Tom Hanks, I'm the main character. I'm narrating Elvis's life. Elvis is doing this, but hey, this is I'm the one that's most important. Here's why. Whereas yeah. they should have be they should be on mutual ground. Because I I'll give you that, because obviously the big piece in this film is exposing or ex, not necessarily exposing, but showing how the colonel uh took advantage of Elvis. Yeah. So I totally agree with that. Therefore, 
keep them on a level footing. So yeah. they both contribute to each other. And it's not just like, oh, hey, I'm just. I'm here. I'm here <laughs> narrating Elvis's life because we're not getting any time with the character. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, I. Yeah. The, the first part of this one was really weird because, like you said, it's very much Tom Hanks just kind of talking about. His He's life. literally the main character in the first in that first bit of the film. Yeah. Uh, and I get like him discovering Elvis. And I, I think that could have been a very interesting start to it. First of all, I that's one part that I wish they expand on. I thought that would have been re- really interesting. They kind of were just like, he I heard him on the radio Elvis. and, okay. Yeah, like giving some background to him just a touch like before and then yeah. like actually discovering him and then like doing his thing, like them actually talking. Um, it would have made more sense, but in, in the parts where it was like Elvis should have been like contemplating if he should do touring and stuff like that, they cut all that out and they're like, he's like, I'm going on tour now. And it's just like, what, where was this scene of development? What, what? Yeah. He, he has, it, you bring up a great point. He makes all these decisions, but we don't get any of the meat that yeah. informs us why he makes these decisions. Yeah. Where is this conversation that you had with literally anyone? Um, and and then, but it, it cuts away to the colonel, and he's like, "I was, I was on tour with this Hank guy and his son," um, and it was just like, "Okay, yeah." <laughs> it's just like cool. Elvis, please, <laughs> Elvis, please. Fortunately, we did get Elvis, and we mentioned a little bit at the we mentioned the start of this episode why Austin Butler is so great as Elvis. And just the just his mannerisms, dude. His yeah. mannerisms were they were spot on. They were oh, dude. They're so good. They're so good. His one of do I think I haven't thought about this. I, I'm I'm kind of just I'm just basking in this moment because that scene where he's he's basically drunk. He's drunk yeah. on stage, and he's told that the colonel took advantage of him. Mm-hmm. That whole section might be my favorite drama moment that I've sat in the theater and watched this year so far. That particular moment. It's so Because good. it elicited so many different emotions in me. Yeah. And the way... That was one of the few moments to me also where the film actually uh, met up with Austin Butler's performance where it actually went yeah. eye to eye with him yeah. as far as the editing of that scene. And all that. The, the, the choreography of where uh, the characters were going and the camera placement yeah and the progression of that scene we talked about this earlier but the way tj i'm just kidding uh the way the the argument starts with the whole audience and it's hella awkward yeah and you it's like it's you're you an audience member are uncomfortable too you're like holy shit like this is happening he's yeah he's he's exposing the colonel in front of everyone and right next to the dude that he's in debt to the colonel he's indebted and so you and then there's that slow walk around while elvis is is rambling on and then they have the genius um move of lowering the curtain Mm -hmm. and then continuing with that argument adding a whole different layer to that conversation making it adding a little bit more Per, uh, making it a little bit more personal, a little bit close quarters. 
yeah a better focus on how awkward the band and everyone feels yeah, like, and some of the characters that you've seen pop up on multiple occasions there watching this all go down yeah i the execution of that scene was again one of the few times that I actually met austin butler's acting and i think for me it was that scene where i was like if this dude wins best picture i know why because it is this scene right here i mean obviously there's a lot of scenes but yeah. this scene is the pinnacle i'm like okay that this guy deserves a best uh, actor Oscar if he yeah if, if he wins yeah I I mean can't go wrong with Austin Butler in this movie he's consistently just fantastic I I think I mean th- that like that section and like one scene that I was like truly where I was like oh this guy means business is like um. Like a few, it's a little bit earlier where it was like, where he's on uh, at the Christmas special thing, and they cut away to him singing in front of the Elvis sign, and like he's like singing and all that. I was like, this guy go went hard for this movie. He he knows what he's doing, but like that like section of like drama stuff where I was like, oh yeah, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is where this guy knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, he he's going for that Oscar. He is, and deservingly so. Agreed. It's there's there's a few there's a couple scenes, too, where you see. Well, I mean, there's a lot of scenes, but there's two that come up in my mind when I think of where I, that gives me evidence as to why this role for him, this performance wasn't an impersonation, but actually a combination of impersonating someone while actually acting, which is the scene that I mentioned with him finding out the stuff about the Colonel, because I kind of skipped over this, but in that moment, his acting in, in that, in that moment is so great because the, the emotions that, his character is having that Elvis is having and how he's displaying that on the screen plus what he gets out of you as an audience member so it's good. just you can he his face and his and his body language the way he goes about that it adds this danger he creates this danger in the scene that is just top notch oh, and yeah. then um another scene where that is definitely evident is where he's uh, getting where he's ticked off at the colonel before he's about to leave the Vegas. Remember? Yes, yeah. And they're in that kind of um, turquoise green lit sort of paneled room. Yeah. Yeah. That too, I knew. Okay, this guy. Thank God, this guy is not impersonating. He's he is. impersonating, but more important. Not to say more importantly, but on a on an equal level, he is also acting. Yes. Uh, yeah. The 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 scene in the uh. Oh god! I guess it would just be a parking garage kind of thing where right. he's about to leave. Um, I mean, it was one of the many times where I was like, "Dude, Austin, Elvis, what are you doing?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. It was just. It was super. Ooh, that, that, that was. was that was. I was because I felt it deep in my bones. <laughs> I heard that one real clear yeah. over your, over you talking. That's. That's impressive, DJ. Yeah, I I didn't <laughs> expect that to happen. Oh my gosh! I guess the, it must be the power of Elvis. I think. Probably. I I, I want to say I want to I I would say so. One thing we'll hit upon 
I think we're good. I think that's... I don't want to miss anything. Oh, the one decision that I will mention, because I don't think a lot of people know this, is Austin Butler did not sing at all in the movie. That was all, record. I think, sung by other people, or because... And I think that was a decision between him and the director. Hmm. So that was not his voice. Uh, and I think that was the right decision, personally. Because you're dealing with... He, he nails the voice, obviously, talking. But yeah. then it's a whole other, obviously, realm. You're, like, trying to replicate singing like Elvis. That's just a whole other world. Yeah. So... I mean, it, I'm, I'm interested to see if who they brought on. Because um, for the uh, soundtrack and all that, they yeah. have everything listed under Austin Butler. Oh, they do? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, let me look this up. I thought I... Thought I Oh, look. Yeah, it, everything's listed under him. Um, maybe he didn't sing in the moment, maybe? Did Austin Butler sing in Elvis? Let's see. It's a mix, it says here. Okay. Butler's singing voice was used for Elvis's early life with tracks like Blue Suede Shoes, Heartbreak Hotel, and Hound Dog, whereas Lerman blended Butler and Elvis together as the rock and roll gets older. Okay. Okay, that means, yeah. Yeah, never mind. Um, yeah, because I, I saw, I was looking at the... Uh, um, the soundtrack the other day just kind of i was because i was trying to figure out when the song names and i was like uh i was like i thought austin butler did a lot of this but no yeah you're right i, I, I couldn't remember so yeah it's just a, it's a mix it looks like it's a good mix. here it says here it says butler saying that the some of the original recordings were not of high enough quality to be used hmm yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, very cool. He did do. He definitely did do a, a decent amount of it, though. Nonetheless, okay. okay. Good, good. Check on me, John. Bad, bad podcaster. Bad podcaster. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah. That is that does a whole, adds another layer to his performance. And when we when we end this podcast, I'm gonna ask you. We're both gonna talk about whether he should. First of all, what we think the best performances of the year are so far, and who we think should win best actor i'm gonna ask you that i'm gonna respond to that as well of course just little 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 tease making you contemplate tj contemplate existence contemplate whatever full contemplation moving on from elvis we have i want to talk about just some of the other characters right because there were other characters in the film that existed we talked about the colonel a little bit one character was priscilla uh presley Mm-hmm. The wife, his wife, played by what's her name? I have it somewhere. Hold on, Olivia De Jong, I believe is how you say that. Anyway, okay. she played Priscilla. I had not heard of her before. I was gonna say I think I've seen a movie or two with her. Yeah. She, I will say, for the time, <laughs> there seems to be a common trend. When she was given time to play her character, I thought she definitely met she didn't quite meet the level that austin butler had but he she was pretty darn close for the role that she was getting i feel like she 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 personified that character well and it it when she because she was she truly was going head to head with the with butler's acting because again they they had multiple scenes together because their characters are husband and wife she definitely held her ground in those scenes which i thought was very impressive yeah i i uh I remember what movie I'd seen her in. She, uh, I'd seen her in uh, the visit, which is that M. Oh. M. Shyamalan movie. Uh, she, it, I mean, she was a lot younger in that one. 
but she's well she's pretty good in that uh and i think she was pretty good in elvis i think my only problem with her character was that i think in the grand scheme of things she didn't have that much screen time oh i know it literally between <laughs> between when she marries elvis she they have that one scene in the bed the, in the in the bedroom she marries elvis and then it feels like two scenes later they're already having issues and yeah. breaking up yeah i i concur it was really yeah like when she had her moments when she was acting god damn it was really good and she uh she just had like a nice energy she did she did yeah yeah um and then she would disappear into the backgrounds of like every scene past that and it was just like why don't why aren't you contributing to the scene you're like one of the, you're one of the main characters of this movie uh writers writers yeah i i felt that editors I, felt, I don't know who it is someone yeah i felt like that was a problem with a lot of the side characters though yeah cough cough the dad uh the dad is in like this whole movie and he says next to nothing of note <laughs> and then he ran he randomly disappears too for for a long time even though for yeah for a long he should be there moving, yeah um because he's his business manager and he was there i don't know I don't yeah know. it he randomly disappears and then he says nothing of note when he's on screen is just like why are you here okay <laughs> mm-hmm. i think the moment where we get with olivia where she really shows that she is holding her ground with with butler is when they have that meaningful co- that meaningful scene when she's leaving him Ooh. that was nice that i was good i was worried at first because i was wondering if they were just gonna do the oh i'm leaving you because it some there were multiple scenes in the film where it was like that where it was just really quick of something like for example the mom's death what the, what was that question mark i don't know it was just like She's she was a, she was built even with the fast cutting they managed to still make her showcase her as a prominent character despite the fast cutting at the beginning of the film and then treated her like a side character like a like a background character where we're just like she's dead she's dead elvis is gonna cry in the closet for 10 seconds let's get back to the music boys it's like yeah tom hanks is gonna say something and the movie's gonna keep going who what what is a mom honestly at this point um you I only need she, tom hanks she was built to be this big mother Character. figure and i'm pretty sure I, i'm not too well versed in my elvis history but i'm pretty sure he did have a strong relationship with his mom so uh, can we like do something about that like have a more time to sit on this, this? yeah it just that, that that did kind of weird me out but back to olivia's and butler's elvis and press and press elvis priscilla. elvis and priscilla's conversation when she leaves him i was so glad because they actually did sit down and had that heartfelt conversation when he's on the stairs crying that's when i realized yes she is not in a lot of this movie she should be in more of it but and she's really good when she has the jams correct yeah yeah i, I i'd say even from where i care first scene like she she exuded like a, an energy that was very like interesting to watch. Like she had a in her first scene, she does a lot more like, comedy. Yeah, good but, good like, way to put that. Yeah. Um, uh, but she exudes an energy that's just like I like watching you on screen. You should you should be a, like a fun character to watch in this movie. And then she's not in a lot of the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then she disappears, and then she comes back with like at full force, and you're just like, this is why we liked you earlier. This is it. <laughs> Yeah. Why weren't you in more of this? <laughs> answer me that, writers. Yes, please answer us. 
I also want the answers. I, I also want the answers. I also want the writers to explain to us what was going on with, and I want Tom Hanks to explain to us what was going on with the Colonel character. Mm. Because, and there are multiple characters like this in other films that very much follow a singular note in a film where it's like, for example, Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man, where it's mm. just one note. Now, Rain Man's, a, his performance is, is obviously far superior to Hanks in this film, but nonetheless, right. It's that idea that they stick with one note the entire time and their character isn't necessarily changing per se. Yeah. Uh, and they're just following that. Even when he was still doing that, he, he lost, I lost attraction to him, even though, even though he had that one note performance, that's not, that's, again, I don't want to sound like I am just like totally hammering Hanks because Hanks is a great actor, but, I was, and I don't know if this is the, it might be a combination of the writing and Hanks, but I think it was that idea that he was sticking with this one note for a long period of time of this, like, sort of, and at times it, it, it does work really well, but there's yeah. others where, to me, it gets kind of boring, and I'm like, really? Like, are, uh, yeah, what's I, going on here? I, I thought Hanks was just okay in this movie. Like, I didn't dislike him, but at the same time, I was just like, you're obviously trying, and you have some interesting ideas is with this performance but at the same time your character is just okay it seems it's his character to me seems like show a lot of the time rather than like substance yeah uh very rarely does he's like i mean like it's very much he just kind of had the, he had the weird voice and that he was, was like interesting i am your i'm your manager Elvis. <laughs> i was just like Okay, <laughs> you said this like two other times in the movie. Yeah, I know. yeah. And he's like, "Give me all of your money, Elvis. I want your money." Oh, and I was like, "Okay, Elvis." <laughs> yeah. And then he would be like, oh. "It was my idea, but you did it well." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though I didn't like it at the time. Yeah, it's just like. And that happened like four times in the movie, and I was like, right. "Say something else, please. Say something else. Say something of note, please." The, there, for the most part, that is definitely accurate. But fortunately, we did get those very small spurts where yeah. he contributed. I, I'm specifically talking about again. I, I might just create my own fan base for the whole drunk scene with Elvis at this point, but. For example, scenes like that, he yeah. he, held, he holds up well. Yeah, That's where that one note times. performance comes in clutch, and he and he really pushes that to the max. Yeah, and he he's kind of like a like Priscilla Presley's character, where like when they do the when they do it right, it works. It just works. But where like where she doesn't have any screen time at all, he has all the screen time in the world, and it's really boring for most of it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of just like okay, it's it's Tom Hanks. He's just yeah, he, I, he's old and he's fat and he's walking around with a weird like clown cane. He's talking about being a snowman, just like it was just I. Oh God, I'm trying to find a good way to to just honestly his the fact too that it's Tom Hanks makes this performance an enigma to me because it's so weird it I, is so I, I don't weird. Know how I feel it's about just. It. Because you see it, and you're like, this is Tom Hanks. He's one of the greatest actors, really, of all time. I mean, one yeah, of the he's most... super goaded. He's super goaded. 
a ton of great roles. He's won, I know, has he won, he's won two Oscars, hasn't he? I think so. Because he won, won for, He won for Forrest Gump and he won for Philadelphia. That's correct. Yeah. Two Oscars. He, and he's been nominated for a billion of them. It's literally yeah, like... Pr- yeah, I mean, he's he's and he's been like in a bunch of like some of the most famous movies of all time. I mean, like Saving Private Ryan and yeah uh, stuff like that. And it's just like so to see him in a role where he's just kind of there was super weird. It was super weird, and it kind of makes it. That's why I was stumbling there at the beginning a little bit, trying to formulate what I wanted to say about him. But yeah, it, it, it just it's, it's super bizarre that like it, I wouldn't put, like consider it a bad performance. But it's definitely the worst we've seen out of him in a long time. Yeah, and I, it, I don't know who to blame that on. I just, I think, I do want to put some blame on the writing. I think as far as that, because it could have been just, I guess, him not grappling onto it. Well, I'm not sure, but he just, I don't know. It was weird seeing again like an Oscar. Oh boy, got COVID for this movie. I did see that, and then. Spoilers for Borat too. There we go. Remember when he was in the he was in Borat, <laughs> the second one. <laughs> yes, as a cameo. That, that was the best cameo ever. Oh my! I think in recent memory, that's one of my favorite ones because it so was so funny. random. It was so random. Oh my god! Because it was towards the end of the movie too. It's at the end. Of, it's like in the final scene of the movie. Yeah. Um. He's talking about how he went over all over the world, and <laughs> it just randomly in Australia is Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like, was he getting a selfie with him or something, something like, or giving him a high five or something? Like yeah, that. it's so funny. Oh, it's just like it's it's like the most random cameo ever, and it's it but it it just works brilliantly. It's it, it so does. It's so funny. It so does. Okay, back to Elvis. So. Back to Elvis. Yeah, we'll we'll just leave Hank's character at that. It was an enigma, but yeah, could have been, been wasn't good. Wasn't bad, wasn't good. Could have been, should have been better though. Yes. given what, given what that character means to Elvis's timeline. Yeah, should have been better. Let's see here. What do we got next? Um, let's mention some of the other good stuff because we kind of have just railed on what for good reason. I will say. Yeah. On it's a, a lot of the stuff from the from the movie, because there's a lot of stuff that really does not work. But what does work, besides what we've already mentioned, is like the costume design, for example. That oh, was yeah. spectacular. I mean, that was, and I think again, it was just a, the costume design was merely aided from the fact that you were Elvis. dealing with Elvis. I mean, with all his leather suits and stuff. But even beyond him, I was looking at. Even sort of his sort of posse, right in Grantland or Grantland, what Grantland? John, wow, this is this is this is wow. Anyway, yes, Graceland, and just a lot of the other characters, how they yeah. were designed, and I thought they did a really good job in that department. Not only matching the times, but also matching the mood of scenes. Yeah. You had Elvis with sort of some darker clothing on where he's kind of in his darker moments trying to figure himself out and trying to blossom out and and be thing. who he was, yeah. be who he wants to be. Um, stuff like that. You really get to see that. You see sort of like the darker, earthier tones with the sort of sinister, evil uh, Hank's character, the colonel. I thought that was all That was all uh, really well done. Yeah. That is a plus of Baz Luhrmann movies is he consistently knows how to make things look good. 
Um, from a from a costume standpoint, or wait, from like a set and like like makeup and stuff like yes. that. CGI. Yes. Oh God, <laughs> Batman cannot use CGI to save his life. That's another thing that is present in Gats the Gatsby movie that is present in this movie. Oh, that's. I feel like in every movie he tries to use CGI. I think he uses like all of his money in something else, and he uses leaves way too like not enough money for a CGI department because. By God, it looks awful in every <laughs> movie he works on. Yeah. The, the green screens are abysmal. Yeah. And, like, all, like, these crazy fast cuts he tries to do with them. Like, the first, like, two minutes of this movie are, like, practically all CGI cuts. Well, what really got me was the sort of the drone uh, yeah. bird's eye view shots of the town. Yeah. I was like, uh, this is literally when Tobey Maguire is driving through uh, wherever he is in the, in, the, in, the, in the Gatsby movie when he's driving through. And you, if you see behind the scenes of that that whole section with Toby, it is literally just green screen, green screen, green screen, green screen, yeah. bunch of stuff. That literally I was like, uh, are we watching the Gatsby movie right now? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it works in the Gatsby movie. Sometimes it really doesn't. Sometimes oh. it really doesn't. Most times it doesn't. Most times it doesn't. It's, the Gatsby movie. Okay, I don't mean to go on a tangent here, but the Gatsby movie is kind of, kind of weird because I don't know if you had this when you were watching it, but when I was watching it, there were scenes where I completely knew I was like, okay, this is a hundred percent green screen, hundred percent oh, CGI, yeah. whatever. But then there were moments that I had that 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 response, but not in a bad way. Where I was like, this still actually kind of looks cool for being like terrible. Yeah. Did you ever get that? Yeah, I, I got I, that vibe sometimes. That movie has that weird vibe where it's yeah. like it looks I garbage sometimes, but it's like it weirdly is kind of a good thing. <laughs> just I don't know what it thing. is. It's just so enter- maybe it's just it looks entertaining. I don't know. It's really weird. Know. But like um, this movie, did, when it did that, when it did that, did did not have that same effect for oh me God, though no. yeah yeah um but yeah back to like baz Luhrmann, like cgi or not cgi um costumes and all that right i mean great gatsby one i think production design oh I, I, it was like um something like that or makeup or costumes but like i think that that's one thing that people can mostly agree on it's like if baz Luhrmann's making a movie and it may not be the best but he's damn well he's gonna make it look good. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna make like all the sets look fancy and all that. And I, um, I think that sh- I mean that shines in this movie, well and all of his other ones. And TJ, I mean, he won in production design and costume design for and Gatsby. costume. Yep. Okay. So literally, did it, it go pro- for makeup and hairstyling? It went. What do you mean? Did it go for makeup? No. Okay. It, it, so the two it was only, uh, the two Oscars that it did get nominated for it won both because those were the only two it got okay, nominated what, for. He went up. Uh, what, what did it go up against? Um, I'll check. Now I'm interested. 2014 Academy Awards. That was a year with 12 Years a Slave, Captain Phillips, those kind of movies, Wolf of Wall Street. Let's mm, see. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Mr. Baz Luhrmann. Yes. Gravity won some stuff. So for a, so you're saying who it went up against? Yeah. So for production design, it went up against American Hustle, Her, Twelve Years a Slave, and Gravity. Okay. Okay. Fair. And costume design, it went up against Twelve Years a Slave, American Hustle, The Grand Master, The Invisible Woman. And then what else did you want to know? You wanted to know oh, yeah, that, makeup that, and hairstyling. Yeah. Who won? Dallas Buyers Club. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, that's fair. The Lone Ranger, which I mean. With Johnny Depp. With Johnny Depp. And Army Hammer. The Cannibal. And then Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa was... 
I was nominated. Yeah, for makeup and hairstyling. Bad Grandpa got nominated for an Oscar. Who's in Bad Grandpa? What's the main? Who's the Grandpa guy? I don't. I think it is it Johnny Knoxville. Oh yeah. Wait, what movie am I thinking of? That I'm John Knoxville and this is Jackass. <laughs> Dude, I need to see those movies. <laughs> it's no- so funny. I've seen clips, but yeah. oh my god, I'm down to watch a Jackass movie sometime. That would be. We need Emerson. Emerson needs to be there. Oh, that's that. That's all like a late night with Emerson movie. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> I remember. Don't have, we should have be... you seen the one where it's um, it's all of them and uh Tony Hawk, and they're like. Oh, is it with the bowling balls and they're going back and forth <laughs> on the on the half pipe? Yes. <laughs> or they're going so down a funny. thing. <laughs> remember the one where they put a bunch of bees in the limo? Yes. No. <laughs> the... Oh my god, the amount of like insane shit they do on Jackass is And this latest one did really well too. Like, yeah. Box office wise and critically, it did really well. And I understand. I watched the trailer, dude. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. The tra- the bit in the trailer where they, they lathered the dude in honey <laughs> and salmon and they bring in a bear. Oh my god. You see the trailer you saw oh, the trailer because yeah. we saw movies around that time. Yeah, like oh my gosh. Yeah, they those never disappoint. I, <sighs> I mean, I remember went out like it just through high school everyone was like dude you've never seen jackass and i was like no yeah (laughs) now i want to (laughs) it's a it's i love those films too because they make great they they do so well on youtube because you can just pull up clips and stuff Uh, that's that's fun too Uh, yeah i mean that's what we you emerson and i know of jackass is because we watch those clips that we just mentioned it's just one of those things where it's like oh it doesn't need a story to be fun it's I mean, it's them. It's nineties themselves. Them for ninety minutes, just kicking the crap out of each other, (laughs) just absolutely thrashing each other, and it's oddly hilarious. (laughs) Dude, no, not oddly. It's always funny when people hurt themselves. That's true. It is. Oh, Johnny Knoxville gets decked with a (laughs) with a bowling ball. Yeah, remember? uh, There's I can't remember the setup, or I think it's like a. It might be like an ice cream machine or something, or something at a thing where like the the fist punches through the wall. Yes. Well, I can't remember what the setup is for that one, but that was hilarious. I, the one I think I can't remember if it was like in their Netflix thing that they just did because they released like behind the scenes or something, and I think it was like, maybe something that was cut. But they made like a guillotine for your feet that was, <laughs> but it was a skateboard. <laughs> so it comes out on your shins. <laughs> It was so funny because oh, no. <laughs> it was. I just saw Stevo in it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like Stevo, no. <laughs> which one? Which one? What, do you know what movie that one was from? I, I don't, it might have been the most recent one. Okay. You want to know the funny thing? Huh. You want to know who helps like create stuff for those movies? Huh. Spike Jones, the guy who wrote her. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Yeah, Spike Jones. What is he? Is he a producer? Clip. What does he do? I know he. I think he helps write them, like helps like write and come up with all these sketches, not sketches, uh, stunts and all that. Um, I don't know if he produces. I'm gonna check, but bro, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, that is wild. I think, and I think he's done them since the, the uh, <laughs> like the original stuff. <laughs> Yeah, he produces it as well. Uh, That's crazy. And he's in a few of them. From the director that gave you her. <laughs> yeah, from the writer-director that gave you her, being John Malkovich, adaptation in Where the Wild Things Are, comes Jackass the Movie. 
god. Oh my god. It's so weird. Um <laughs> gosh. He did a boy- Beastie Boys biopic. Okay. I'm here for it. Who's uh Spike Jones? Yeah. Interesting. Um There's something I was going to say. Better get out that baby oil. <laughs> Better watch out for that big ass forehead. <laughs> that, that clip from Fast, the Fast and Furious movie just randomly popped in my head. That that is a clip that lives. I don't know why I just said that, but it lives rent free in my head. So maybe that's why I said that. So funny. Oh my gosh, it is so good. Anyway, back to the '60s. And you remember when we were talking about Elvis? Remember when we were talking about I Elvis? Don't. Yes. Let's travel back to the late '60s, early '70s, and. We're going to also we're going to continue with our the things that we enjoyed and thought were good in the movie. TJ, you we we sort of talked about this, but the set pieces yes. you mentioned are, cons- are consistently in in, Bo- in Baz Luhrmann movies are super good, super looking. good, and yeah. this one definitely keeps up that tradition. Oh yeah, he goes hard. He goes hard. I love. When I think about this movie, just immediately I think of the big stage in Las oh, yeah. Vegas and the big Vegas stage, the big Vegas stage, and other moments like that. He definitely maintains that, and it is really, really cool to see. Yeah. In in certain regards, it is just it. You really have to sit there and just try and bring it all in because it is it is they are quite grand. And then, the best part of this movie. Is the last third of the film. Oh, dude, yeah. It, that's it is at that point where it is fully back in a different in a good, slower rhythm than had been before. The tone is finally rooted. We finally have a consistent tone. It's it's the movie is finally showing. It's not telling us what's going on. Yeah. We're seeing Elvis progress. We're seeing Elvis change as a character. We're seeing all these characters move around and change. And the the editing as well slows down. Yeah, which is nice. So we we this illusion that this director is trying to give us the illusion of watching movies in in a in in a theater is finally there, and we finally get it. Yeah, truly with that last third. And 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 what I appreciated about it most, beyond all of that. Is that it? Get it lets Austin Butler cook ultimately. Yes. And as we know, he is the. I think we both agree he is the best part of the movie. Oh yeah, by far. They let him cook, and therefore, when you add that with the many great character exchanges he has with other characters, like Priscilla, right when yeah. they they she leaves him, and we get the we get to see the stage, the big grand stage set piece multiple times it's almost like a home base sort of for that last third yeah to see that all that come together tonally it's all together it just it does it feels very sound and yeah. that was man thank goodness because we did need that so badly and it it worked yeah one thing i do wonder is um if so well i i don't know if they uh use the same set as they did in a uh, Blade Runner 2049 because it's supposed to be in the same mm. thing because that's, yeah. that's where uh, Harrison Ford hides out. Yeah. Did you know, did I tell you that I've been recently seeing a lot of hate for that movie? I told you this, yes. didn't I? 
It was the weirdest thing. I it, it I thought everyone loved it, and then I don't know what it was, but there was multiple posts and multiple times where I was looking, and there was like a like like at least fifty percent of the comments that were like, "This movie is not good. This is just all surface, and there's nothing you know uh, great about this film." I was like, "What are you? Ta- it's just all cinematography." I'm like, "What are you all on?" I feel like that's a big thing with like film Instagram, where it's like as soon as someone says their opinion. People are so quick to just like join them oh, and like abandon yeah. their opinion in a flash, or it's just yeah. like this was the best movie ever, and we should we consider it. And I was just like, the movie's not that good. It never was. You, it, it it's like it's almost like the it, it's like a prequel feeling where it's like it's just like one day everyone was just like you know this isn't as bad, and then everyone like weirdly just jumps on this train. Or, like, as soon as someone shows hate for something, they're like, this movie is bad. We should have never liked it in the first place. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. You've loved this movie for the last three years. You post about it, like, practically every other post. What makes you hate it now? Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, I've seen, I feel like I've seen that, like, once or twice now. And it's just like, it, it, everyone is so quick to, like, change their opinion for no reason. I'm just like, why yeah this movie's great yeah. this movie was always bad it was just like there's no consistency i feel like uh yeah that that you to bring up a good point uh tj is there anything you want to mention about the last third of the film before we officially close things up kurt russell was really good as elvis <sighs> you pulling a you are you pulling a me <laughs> with indiana jones thing oh yeah I'm definitely interested to watch the Kurt Russell one. I've now. heard good things about it. Yeah, I was. I heard say, a lot of people enjoy his portrayal. Yeah, I was just looking at the cast uh, just a second ago, and it has um, yeah, Kurt Russell. Who else big was in it? The last thing I'll mention about the 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 end of the movie is, dude, the way it slowly bleeds out with like the the TV sort of like the old TV screen thing where like mm. the little dot in the center yes. fades. That was so brilliant, brilliantly done because it it just sits you, it just keeps you just sort of basking in this like wow, oh, that yeah. just was crazy. Just the, like the way they all the emotions it. they really let you just sit sit there and just contemplate what you just watched with Elvis. Yeah, that that was one thing I liked about the end of it was like where like the the Tom Hanks like narration leads into like. The last time I saw him was on TV. Yeah. And then they show the actual thing of him singing um, the Unchained Melody. Is that what it's called? So. Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, probably one of the greatest live performances probably ever. It's, it is. It's, it's, and it was remarkable because, I mean, for those that are wondering, well, it, it sort of, it, it did basically sort of explain this, but he was out of just performing for a while he was he was done because he was he was just on taking all these drugs and he was, stuff yeah. like that and, he, but he was on his last leg but so i mean they show it with austin butler they added a lot of like makeup, makeup and stuff and all that bodies probably a fat suit or whatever to show how fat he got and then they obviously they do the, the real concert but what they did a good job of in showing in the concert and with butler is that it was still Elvis. He still had that, like, I love this. I love performing. Yeah. He, he, he had that moment where he's like, are you guys loving this or whatever? Yeah. And well, yeah, like you can see that like, uh, in that live recording of Unchained Melody, like what was like his last big performance. 
and arguably probably one of his most famous just like wife performances right because it is his last and no one thought he would be able to perform yeah. again yeah you, i mean you I mean you can see him like just loving it just sitting at him being like dude this is why i love performing like you can see like a big grin on his face at points where like he hits something cool everyone goes crazy and he has like the smile like yes i still have it Mm -hmm. that that is one thing we should mention too is austin butler does a good job of portraying that yes you can clearly see that he loves loves performing and and he nailed that for that character Um, for elvis yeah that's one thing like as soon as he kind of flips that switch in the beginning where um afterward he kind of like is timid on stage and like he he figures it out and he goes he goes for it like it just goes hard and he's you can see like that that switch of like i love this yeah and he shows it well even in the beginning when it's hella fast yeah yeah for sure all right tj i'm going to give you one question (coughs) whoops whoa whoa actually uh, scratch that i'm gonna do we're gonna do pop quiz hot shot and then i'm gonna ask you one question and we're both gonna answer it and then we'll close things up all right (laughs) a couple of these these facts for pop quiz hot shot for his audition tape austin butler originally recorded himself singing love me tender when he watched it he felt like it was an elvis impersonation and refused to submit it a few days later he had a nightmare that his deceased mother was dying again (laughs) overwhelmed with grief he decided to pour his emotion into music thinking of the lyrics to Unchained Melody. He remembered, I always take it for granted that that that's to, to a romantic partner, but what if I sing that to my mom? Wait, what the shit? He what? Sat, he sat down. Oh, okay, never mind. We're good. I don't, I don't know. There was, it was like a, it was like a grammar typo. Oh, okay. Okay, where was I? He sat down at the piano in his bathroom and, bathrobe and filmed it. The video immediately caught director Baz Luhrmann's attention as he was both confused and intrigued. Was it an audition or or was he having a breakdown? Lerman asked to meet but asked to meet with Butler and eventually gave him the part. Number two. In an interview with Cinema Blend, Austin Butler revealed he called Rami Malik before shooting his first performance, oh, asking for advice on replicating yeah. the mo- the movements of music's past. I was gonna say I heard about that one. Yeah. Uh like I, I wanna say like the day we saw it. I, uh, I, I watched a video of him talking about it, and he was like, "What do I do?" And then Robbie Malk was like, "Once you get on stage, you'll feel it. You'll, you'll, you'll like really understand how to do it." And I mean, they, I mean, they both do it really well. I mean, yeah. Robbie Malk is say what you want about whether you thought he should have deserved the Oscar. I he was, but he was definitely just like Austin Butler, the best part in that movie. Oh yeah, and he, he fleshed out that character so well oh i mean he has some phenomenal moments in that movie see what you will about the movie itself so it's pretty basic but like as a performance rami malik gives it mm-hmm. he he eats and it's it's very apparent it's one of kind of what i while i was watching elvis i was like i kind of want to rewatch that one now I do too, and I also want to watch those other performances that people are saying, oh, this one's better than Rami Malek's, just so I can throw down with them, just in case, because I, 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 I really, I don't know, he, that was a great performance, and I definitely did think he deserved Best Actor. Yeah, he's, he's pretty damn good in that movie. Yeah, I think people underrate that performance, like, they don't realize, like, that dude it's went a, hard. Yeah. Um. I mean, you're I, literally <laughs> he embodies playing... Freddie Mercury. 
an incredibly iconic artist with plenty of personality on stage and his whole life is just and yeah. they the way that like he like goes into it like perfectly recreates like exactly like those like performances it's just like it's so it, 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 his it's mannerisms like, too yeah, the mannerisms and like all the small things like it makes it so good yeah uh it like it brings out the emotion and it's just like awesome it is all right fact numero tres i'm switching to spanish now Ooh. <laughs> oh boy in addition to austin butler ansel eggert miles teller aaron taylor johnson and harry styles auditioned and tested for the role of elvis presley okay that's that's a lot of that's a lot of stars yeah Austin Butler and Elvis are actually 16th cousins twice removed. Elvis's dad, uh, Vernon, and Austin Butler's mom share common ancestry. What? Yep. That's a thing. It reminds me of the... I don't know. This is just a... This is just like happening more and more. Remember when we people found out that Tom Hanks is related to Mr. Rogers? Yes. I do remember <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's just wild. It just, I don't know why. It, it makes sense. It happened again. All right, numero quattro. Yeah. <laughs> the basic premise of the 68 comeback special seen in this film is basically true. Elvis was appalled that, that Colonel Tom Parker had agreed with the sponsor and the NBC TV network that he would do an hour-long special in which he would be doing cheesy skits and singing Christmas songs in a terrible jumper. So he effectively plotted with director Steve Binder and producer Bob Finkel to do a special showcasing a special showcasing his career. Rehearsals started in June 1968 with filming commencing in late June of 1968. Elvis, Binder, and Finkel did as much as they could to keep Parker out of the studio during recordings. A move which worked. Although four hours of footage was shot, it was finally edited down to 50 minutes, with the show being aired on December 3rd, 1968, to huge success. It was the number one most-watched TV show that week in the U.S. A soundtrack album of the songs especially recorded or re-recorded for the show was also released, reaching number eight in the Billboard album charts, and would go on to earn gold certification. The success of the endeavor led to Elvis having a new enthusiasm for resurrecting his live singing career which he did in 1970, once he had fulfilled the rest of his MGM movie contract. Long one, but a good one. Yeah. All right, last fact, numero cinco. Although it is never alluded to in the film, Elvis was actually a huge fan of technology and was one of the first people in the U.S. to have an, an analog cell phone in, installed in his car and had one of the first Betamax videotape recorders in his home after they were introduced by Sony in 1975. Wait, what? That must have been a typo. Because 1975, Elvis was dead by then. Right? Yeah, Elvis died in, like, early 70s, I thought. Uh, I can't remember. Like, 73, I thought? Uh, good old Betamaxes. Uh... 77. Oh, okay, never mind. So, never mind. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. He could chill with, the, uh, watch movies on his, or watch movies on Betamax. What a guy. What a king. Do you know what Betamax is? No. It's essentially just a normal form of, uh, uh, VHS. Oh. But, uh, yeah, so essentially VHS and Betamax come, like, 
fought out for what would be the big thing and vhs one right so i think i don't remember they were they were cheaper to make vhs yeah um like if you look at how well vhs looks vhs has like two plastic sides and you can see the two reels where betamax you can only see the one reel and it mm. has like this weird like slanted uh look they will but i mean they look practically the same the same technology but um yeah cool all right facts with tj well that that's we're still in the that's a, a pop quiz hot shot segment so there you go yeah learning with <laughs> learning with tj there's another thing that was like with uh that kind of thing with like dvds mm. um i don't remember what the competition was but dvd it was me uh oh yeah <laughs> my my <laughs> dvd competitor um but essentially there uh some like like one genre like essentially like was like the key to like do we use dvd or this other medium and mm. then it was just like it's cheap to use dvd using dvd hmm. uh so it's super weird but i mean changed how we use technology so. do you know the that my competitor to the dvd was a mix of a vhs tape and and a dvd a laser disc <laughs> no 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 it, it was it was like the shape of a dvd yeah and it had but but it was thick. It was like this. You're pra- you're pretty much just describing a laser disc. Wait, what point. is a laser? No, I don't think so. Laser discs are like really big. They're almost like vinyl records that you like put on there, and it it's like the movie. Laser disc. No, yeah, I mean thicker than that. Yeah, well, thicker well, than that. I'm talking like this thick. Okay, you're you're talking like an ice cream sandwich size. <laughs> yes, yes. Like but, this. Like, this is the- Trump stuff, TJ. Oh yeah, the, everyone's. <laughs> I'm talking mine, TJ, was this. Yeah, it, it was How this much shape. Did it, weigh? it was this shape, like like a laser disc. Yeah. But <laughs> it was like this thick, TJ. Yeah, like an ice cream sandwich. Yes, exactly. And you could you could just you'd heave it up. It's quite it was quite heavy too, that's why it never went through it never succeeded. Ah. Although it was more superior because it could hold more stuff. But it was so goddamn heavy that you just like you need two people to lift it up and put it in the player. This makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's 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 your, a story. That's a story for another time. Your competition to laser discs. <laughs> yeah. Which were a total success. Yeah. In fact, three people knew about them, so mm. that's a pretty big deal. Well, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my question. Duh. Okay. I'll go first since it's this it's on the top of my mind, and then you can go, TJ. Also, I just you know want to go first because I can. <laughs> is is Butler's performance? The best of the year thus far among the actors for best actor. Hmm. Yes or no? For me, and I, I say that I have the answer and now I'm contemplating. For me, I'll, 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 let, I'll let you guys know what my dilemma is here. For me, the top two are Skarsgård, Alexander Skarsgård. And Austin Butler, I think them two is far above, not is is significantly above the competition. Yeah, Pattinson's great in the Batman, but not like those two. Yeah. I don't know. I think recency bias might put Butler over Skarsgård. Yeah. But yeah, I would. 
what do I think if the Oscars had were choosing between those two? What do, what do I think they would pick? Easily, I think they'd pick the Elvis movie. But yeah, because uh, that that kind of performance that Skarsgård had is not favorite is not a favorite usually of the Oscars anyway. Yeah. Um. It's so it's so close to me anyway. Is it close for you, TJ, between the two or no? I honestly don't know. Like. I, I mean, it's been what twenty four hours since we walked out of Elvis, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm still flabbergasted by that role. I think. <laughs> yeah. God, I'm um, coughing. I'm di- I'm dying. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, I think it's still a fantastic, fantastically done thing, and it's definitely one of the best of the year, if not. I I'd say it's definitely up there, like top three, easy um wait who would you put him up who would you say is equivalent to him besides Skarsgård? no that's what i'm saying is i don't i haven't really thought about like competition to him uh other than like we i mean we walked out of the theater and we're like here's the best of what we think but like i haven't like tried to compare them so um yeah i'm looking at the list of the films that i've seen this year I mean, yeah, I, and currently I've seen, what is this? I don't know. Anyway, I think, I don't know. I'm, I honestly, I don't know why I think actually, yeah, I'd say, I think because I would put Butler first. Because I think with what Butler does with the character from a development standpoint, yeah. I like more than Skarsgård, I feel like. Because, yeah. well, yes, I do. I do. So I, I would put him one and Skarsgård, an extre- for me, an extremely close to. Or not extremely okay. close, but close to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. I think probably same. I'd have to think about it a little. Um yeah. Now, if Skarsgård wins it, I would understand why. Yeah. And obviously, same with Butler, because I have him as one. I think... And we can also throw out some honorable mentions, TJ, because I know you you threw out one that was interesting to me about for the everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. I thought that was kind um, of interesting. Uh, the guy from Temple of Doom. I can never remember his name. Yeah, I got you. Um, I, I, I think... I, I, don't, I don't see him winning, but uh, I think as a performance, I think overall, like, span through the movie, he has he has this like dedication to it. That's just so it's just so good. I mean, he's consistently funny and like, like I feel like he has one of the best ranges of the year where it's like part of his role is he's so funny and like, he's consistently dropping like these funny jokes and one liners and all that and doing these cool Jackie Chan style action scenes. And then like 40 minutes later, he's having this like, uh, like, this like monologue that's like based on like very famous like i think i think he's chinese uh like like it's like very much in the style of this like this Mm. director and like what he's known for and he nails it um but like his ability to like be diversify through the role uh and like i mean he take i mean he's from multiple universes so uh i mean you're gonna see a lot of them but i think like the ability for him to consistently change and bring something new in every every little bit is something very interesting um 
but I don't see him winning. I think yeah, it's it's definitely up there for me because I think for like the top four, I'd say performances from like lead actors, him, Pattinson, Skarsgård, and Butler. I would agree with that as well. Yeah, I think. I'm looking at the list and here. And Jared Leto. <laughs> it's Morbin time, boys. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would agree. That's a good list. Actually, I think it's... Uh, actually, I think it's... Benedict Cumberbatch. No, Dr. it's clearly Fred Armisen in the bubble, obviously. I haven't seen that. Oh, it's something. I've heard. Um, it is... I. I'll, throw, I'll just throw this out there. I purely watched this because of David Duchovny. Yes, I'm an X-Files fan. Absolutely fight me, you commies. Uh, so, but anyway, it was an interesting experience. But, oh yeah, Judd Apatow movies are something. He he's made a lot of bangers, though. Judd Apatow? Yeah. Right? He did 40-Year-Old Virgin. Is that Judd? Yeah, I think Judd Apatow did that. And he, and he produced the Anchorman stuff, right? Yeah. Produce what, like, producer-wise, he was like really big. And he did a lot of stuff. Uh, directing wise, I feel like a lot of his stuff was. He had like a few bangers. Let's but like, see. I think overall, he didn't have the most consistent directing. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Read off the first few The 40 Year Old Virgin, The King of Staten Island, Knocked Up, Trainwreck, This is 40. Yeah. Okay. So, like, yeah, stuff like a 40 Year Old Virgin. But producer, he, like. Oh, yeah. He yeah he he ate he yeah he did super bad 40 old virgin bridesmaids the big sick anchorman Step Brothers, anchorman 2 talladega nights yeah pretty much like every will ferrell movie <laughs> yeah so he yeah you're right he definitely killed it as a producer yeah he i mean he was like the comedy producer of the time i want to say yeah that's pretty cool he did the big sick I think he's in The Disaster Artist. I think he is. Like, as an actor? Yeah. I'll look. Because uh, I think James Franco's uh, character tries to, like... Mm. I think I see it. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he reflection. is. Oh. I can kind of see it. Like, I can kind of see some of the posters. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I would check and see how far we are into the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah? What what time are we at? 119. Okay. Um, yeah, you got it. You got it. All right. Well, I think on that note, random Judd Apatow note. Oh, last thing I'll say is I don't believe this. I don't think this picture, this movie should go up for best picture. But, oh, yeah. Best picture. I think it's too, no. for me, it is too inconsistent. I mean, for me, look at the first half, first third alone. Yeah, I don't think it should get a, go up for best picture. Not mm. with what we've already come out with. Had released. One performance that we have not talked about in like the big performances of the year. Tom Cruise. Top Gun. Well, I don't think should, I, I don't think I don't think it's up there, but no, it, it is one of the bigger, better ones. It is too. one of the bigger performances. And I'd say it's, it's pretty good, but I don't think it's as on the caliber of those ones. No, and I don't think it's necessarily Oscar worthy either. I, yeah, I think it's definitely he definitely. I mean, he knows that character, so he plays him well, but it's yeah. not like anything yeah. special. Um, if I, I, I feel like um if that movie if top gun goes up for oscars it's like all the technical stuff and not if that movie won up for best picture i would not be mad in the slightest oh no i, I, I it actually it deserves 
<laughs> just from the camera, the, all the camera stuff and the way it was shot, that alone, it deserves a nomination. Yeah, I think so far um, that it's like one of the best made. Oh, by the, far, easy. yeah. Um, we, dude, we have... It's like movie the, lovers it's have like been... the Ford v. Ferrari of like of 2019 where it's like, it's probably not going to go for like any actor, or director, or whatever, but for like all the technical stuff, God damn, you know it's going up. Dude, cinephiles have been eating when it comes to all the authenticity they've been getting with these movies from everything, everywhere, all at once, and all the cool stunt work they did with that to the Batman, which is hardcore, just like literally every single word in in those Riddler documents was planned out, it seems, by matt reeves and tj and i watched a cool behind the scenes thing of like the car the chase for the batman yeah where they used what was it tj a hundred real vehicles in like a quarter mile span or like yeah. a third of a mile span it was like what yeah that, wild yeah and they had people driving on top like <laughs> like driving the car on top and then like having yeah. the actor in it acting like they're driving and it was so cool it was so you have that Everything everywhere, obviously Maverick, Maverick, I think is the pinnacle of that just because of what they were able to achieve, right? Because the director mentions this, but they were literally inventing, they were inventing how to like place these cameras on these planes yeah. and, and inventing these gimbals and rigs that you could do that. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, for, at the moment, I think if you had to pick a group of movies to go up for best picture, it'd be Top Gun like because i think like authenticity and oh like dude the yeah. technical side oh a thousand percent everything everywhere the northman uh the batman and i feel like i'm forgetting one that we were talking i think about. you are what was the other one we were talking about for performances performances uh, oh my god no i think that i think it is it i think no i think there was we had one when well, pull up your ranking of 2022 movies. Yeah. Maverick. Oh, apparently not. I thought there was one more that I was missing. And I mean, yeah, North I've Man, seen all the... Top Gun, Everything Everywhere, Batman. Okay. Probably yeah, not. I think that's... Well, I, 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 don't... I think I, I was thinking of Elvis in there. Right. Uh, for actor. But I, yeah, I don't think Elvis for actor. Yeah, does that as a movie? It does not compare to those that you just mentioned. No, it's uh, it's just there is uh, we've we've talked about it multiple times. Multiple times. It's just that that beginning, man. It just that really it really really hinders that film in many ways. But to leave it on a good note, if anything, go see it to see Austin Butler. He is phenomenal oh, yeah. in this movie. The the movie's a trip, and like. It's it's definitely it's an odyssey. I'll give it that. Like it it's like a it's a good emotional saga if you're looking for something like that. Yeah, like if, you won't it, be disappointed. Yes, watch this film specifically for like we said that last third, sort of that last half, and Austin Butler because that that those two pieces alone are are by are so worth it to go watch oh, yeah. in the theater. Don't and, judge it by the first fifteen minutes. Yes, stick it out. Yes, it gets better. Yeah. Um, yeah, Baz Luhrmann is very much known for that. So, if you're watching just a Baz Luhrmann movie in general, give it more than 15 minutes. So, is there any way we can contact him? Maybe take him to therapy? Like we could all go together to a movie therapy and ask and ask him. Hey, um, we know like you like this kind of style. 
and you can include this in your movies, but maybe hold off for like 20, 25 minutes so people can like understand what's going on. It's just like sit them down and be like, can, can this, can, can we do this? <laughs> it's not happening. We have to go to Australia. So we need Quiggly and I've never seen that movie. I know, dude. Tom Selleck, what an absolute God. All right. On that sort of weird note. Yeah. We'll, we'll catch you on Asana Sunday episode. Yeah. We're going to ha- get our cool beverages, talk about the Obi-Wan show, which ended. We need to talk about that. Yeah. Talk about Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Have you caught up? Nope. I, still I did. You did? <laughs> yeah. I've heard the later, some of these later ones have been pretty good, huh? Oh, dude, the action scene at the end of it, episode three is a banger. Okay. It's really well done. Good. I have something to look forward to then. All right. I mean, the show was already entertaining, but with that note, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about a whole bunch of stuff, catch up on stuff. Maybe I'll talk about the terminal list. We'll see. But anyway, yeah, with that being said, we hope you enjoyed this, this movie of the week episode on Elvis, and we will catch you at Graceland. Sounds good. All right. Peace. See ya.